Attention, everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for KCOU, The Unwritten Rule, a comedic sports show from the heart of Missouri. Alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren, here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Well, 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 well. I'm not Jack Knowlton. Are you Jack Knowlton? I'm not Jack Knowlton. I'm not Jack Knowlton. Where's Jack Knowlton? Jack Knowlton's on a drive. Jack Knowlton's on a drive. It's just like last year. He's on his way to Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Late credential request. Got it in, though. Going Bang. A late Mizzou, three. Mizzou-Tennessee game yep. this Saturday. We're going to get into that at the end of the show, but welcome to the Unwritten Rule. I'm Kenny Van Doren as our gracious... It wasn't even gracious. I had to pay him to say that, but yep. uh, the guy that tell, tells you what the show is, I'm <laughs> Kenny Van Doren. That's Peyton Haverman. We're the Unwritten Rule. We're here we today sure are. without Jack Nolan. Uh, but, you know, just get into the show today, Peyton. Um, Zoo's got a basketball game tomorrow. They sure do. It's a big basketball game. Not for not for Mizzou, though. I, I would yeah. say this is a bi- pretty big one for Tennessee. And why is that? Because they just lost. I mean, that's that's kind of what it is. I mean, uh, <laughs> that really was about as bad a result as Mizzou could have ever hoped for. Uh, Tennessee losing on a buzzer-beating three to Vanderbilt. Mizzou's going to get a very angry Tennessee team that does not want to lose two in a row. Uh, and they have to go to Knoxville. They have to go to the Summit. Um, that is no bueno for Mizzou, but, I mean, we're going to talk about that later, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. we'll get into the Tennessee yeah. game a little bit later. But, you know, just kind of looking back, though, let's look back at last Saturday, mm-hmm. six days ago, Mississippi State. Uh, you know, Mizzou goes on the road. Yeah. There, there wasn't like a big, you know, not a lot of us were expecting a win. Not a lot of us were expecting Mizzou to maybe keep it that close. But the, ga- the game was close for a little bit. We saw a couple yeah. different changes there in the lineup. I think, you know, for Mavor- the worst. Before Mayock played, and yeah. for those who don't know Mavor Mayock, he's the last guy on the bench. He's, he's a, a preferred walk on from Cleveland State. He followed, you know, he followed his way here, followed Dennis, Dennis here. Um, and who else started in that game? That Shawnee started. started. Um, I just, I get, I get what Dennis's reasoning was. Uh, he wanted more penetration. Uh, that's kind of valuable when you're going up against a Mississippi state team that really, I mean, they choke you out defensively. I mean, they really just, they keep you spread. They keep them in, they keep you in front of them. It's hard, uh, to really beat that defense. Um, but I just felt that kind of lineup tinker. I felt Dennis just. I felt I felt like Dennis just kind of overthought. I felt like he outsmarted himself. I think Dennis has made a lot of moves that have worked fantastic this year. A lot of the lineups have been very smart. It felt like Dennis was just prepared, like just almost over prepared, because I remember he said like Mabor playing was planned because like he just didn't want Kobe Brown on Tolu Smith because Tolu Smith um, is so good at getting to the line. Um, drawing off, drawing uh, defensive fouls, and he didn't want Kobe on him early because he don't want Kobe in foul trouble ever. But I just feel like once Carter got those two fouls early on, because God, God forbid Noah Carter really be anything worthwhile so put him on defensively. The poster. Put him on the poster, he's going to play well. Yeah. Um, Noah Carter just was not equipped to deal with that. He's not a good defender. Um, he has some offensive skill, and I think that's – that that is why you should be playing him. I don't think you play him or start him really to put him on Tolu Smith. I thought that was a mistake. 
I think you just put your best your best player on Tolu Smith. If Tolu Smith beats him, it is what it is. Um, so I just felt like and Kayla Brown. I forget. I think Dennis said something about wanting to. He was just a good perimeter defender and wanted him there. He played more than Isaiah Mosley, if I remember correctly. Uh, he, he mostly played seven more minutes, but that, I don't, it doesn't feel like Mosley played okay, 16 well, total. Yeah, okay. I, then somebody played more than Mosley, and it felt ridiculous, I think. Uh, Golston played one more minute. Modiara played 24. And Mo yeah, there was a game. lot of Modiara in this game, and it felt like a game where Modiara could have been really useful. Um, but, I mean, we that was a game where we saw, oh, goodness, my mic just blew up in my face. Um, that felt like a game where it really could have maybe been a Modiar coming out party, but I mean, he just looked rough. I, I think Tolu Smith g- did a good job of really just kind of taking advantage of just, I mean, he's still a raw player, Modiar. I mean, there are flashes of him turning into a very good player. Uh, and we saw that against South Carolina, I think, but he was, he had a rough outing, um, against Mississippi state, but Pretty much everybody did. Nobody played really well. Um, I figured that was a loss going into it. Mississippi State, I know people will look at their record and be like, how oh, do you lose to that? It is hard to win on the road in this conference, man. Only Texas A&M has really been good at it this year. Um, and and Alabama, but Alabama beats everybody. So I really, it's not. it was not a season-defining loss. Um, they did need to beat South Carolina, which they did, but I felt like Dennis just kind of was a little too goofy, a little too cute with the lineups in that one. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it was what it was. They had opportunities to come back. They just couldn't find their shot and Mississippi state, give them a little credit. They're great defensively. That's what they do to teams. Yeah, for how like inconsistent this Tigers team looked last Saturday, they only lost by 11. And it was a 63-52 to 52 loss, and it just felt like this game was a lot worse. Than they were loss. within six uh, yeah. pretty in late second, in that game. In the second yeah. half. Um, now, granted, six, the way that game was going, six felt like a mountain mm-hmm. to climb. Uh, but, I mean, there were opportunities here. I mean, Miss, Mississippi State was... I mean, they did. They were a little uncharacteristic defensively in the second half, because Mizzou had open looks. Um, nobody could just, just nobody could hit any. I think the defining moment in this game really was Mizzou missing three of four free throws when they were so so close to being back in it. Um, and Nick Honor, when they had that fast break, Nick Honor missing that three. I think those were the two key moments where you kind of just went, not really Mizzou's day. Yeah. And it was kind of like the total opposite. You know, we can kind of segue into this game that was on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, Mizzou finished or beats South Carolina, who's, you know, the bottom team in the SEC. This mm-hmm. game should have been a win no matter what uh, the score was. But the Tigers won 83 to 74. And it, this game felt in Mizzou's hands the whole way. In the, I mean, not the whole way in the second half, but probably the last 10 minutes it felt like Mizzou was just going to run away with this one. Yeah. I feel like the score is a little close if you're just scoreboard watching because I think Mizzou like, was handily like, controlling this game at the end. Yeah, I mean, South Carolina's played a lot better the last couple games. Uh, they should have beat Arkansas last Saturday, but they blew that one at the end because that's just what one in ten teams do in the SEC. Um, that 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 was a frustrating game for a lot of it for Mizzou because they entered as fifteen and a half point favorites, and they just really 
South Carolina just had their way with them on offense. I mean, Gigi Jackson, there's been a lot of guys that have uh, we've you and I have seen like a lot of first round picks uh, that have come in to Mizzou Arena and just kind of not done a, ton, a lot. Uh, Anthony Edwards, our freshman year, was <laughs> awful um, and got rejected by Nico Reed or Reed Nico. I always you never know. <laughs> Reed Nico Reed. Um, that's what I'm gonna go with. I think it's Reed Nico. Um, Reed, it's Nico. Reed Nico. Yeah, Reed Nico. Two K's. Um, oh, yeah. I mean Brandon Miller. I mean yes, Alabama dominated us, but Mizzou held him in check for the most part. He's gonna be like a top five pick probably. Um, Jabari Smith last year absolutely sucked. He went one for 13 or something. Now um, he's a rocket and doing the same thing. Yep. But uh, Gigi Jackson was the first time I genuinely was like, wow, this is phenomenal to watch. He is uh, – he's got range. I mean, he was he was dominating Mizzou in the post a couple times, It felt, if I remember correctly. Um, so it was hard to stop him. And, you know, Gigi Jackson – if he's going to be the one that beats you, fine. He was a five-star. He decommitted from North Carolina. That's how good this guy was. Um, but, goodness gracious, Hayden Brown for South Carolina. That is inexcusable. He, uh, he That guy entered the game averaging 10.5. He's a solid enough starter. He had 11 at half. And then he, he finished with 17, or a 19, I think. Um Mizzou did a better job on the boards. I thought it was a great bounce-back game for Modiara. If Modiara can just get to the point where he can finish at the rim um, instead of just kind of getting a little soft and just, like, not really he, – he still, you can tell, isn't 100% comfortable, like, movement-wise, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot of signs of growth there. Um, he was He did get to the – he got to the to the rim uh, and got to the line a few times, but he got to the line. He took four free throws. Yeah, and he was two for four. You know, that's all you kind of want to ask from a guy. And I mean, like, of his a size. couple. Yeah, a, he hit a three. Um, yeah. He, the two he made were like right, nothing but net, and mm-hmm. the two he missed were ugly. Yeah, I mean, it there's was on the just, same sequence too. Like he, yeah, made, he went one and one, one and both. one each time. I mean, you see there, the, there's so much, there's potential, so much potential to work with there. I just don't think it's all going to get unlocked this year. We, um, we talk about that lineup tinkering too. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Golson was back in the starting lineup. I don't think he's been. And he in, was not good. Yeah, he, it was he, the first time since the Kansas game. Kansas game. I was gonna yep. say it's the first time in the SEC play that mm-hmm. he's starting a game. And we got that DeAndre Golson where like he wasn't taking the contested shots. He wasn't taking the shots where he's open either. He was just it was passing he, or just yeah, like turning the ball over. It was kind of the work. Like DeAndre Golson's an interesting character because you have to take some of the bad with some of the good. He's a great isolation player. Um, one of the, like, I, if there comes a time where Mizzou needs just somebody to go one-on-one against a guy and just get a bucket, DeAndre Golson's probably the guy you're going to lean on for that. Maybe Kobe Brown. Um, but he also just makes some of the worst (laughs) shot decisions you've ever seen. When he gets the ball, he turns into Carlos Correa in 2021 where he he puts his hand to his wrist and he mm -hmm. says, my time. It's my time. It's my time. And I mean... When he was coming off the bench, I mean, he would make those contested shots. He'd make, for the most part, pretty solid. Okay, none of them look like solid decisions, but, like, he knows he can beat a guy one-on-one, and he would he would do it. But, I mean, when he starts for whatever reason, 
he just kind of locks up, it feels like. I mean, there were a lot of times where he was open for a three in the corner and he just would pump fake. Take two steps. Yeah, and try and go in. And he's been able to do that before, but it doesn't mean you should do it every time. And I feel like he just got a little bit too... I don't know the correct word for it. He just was not, it was not his best game. And hopefully when Mosley is back in the lineup, he just stays as a spark off the bench. I think that's his best role. Um, I just think he's not really good for the starting lineup. And looking at like the starting lineup too, like we didn't have Mosley again. Mosley didn't start his second nope. straight game. He didn't even play in the game. There's yeah. some rumors out there about, you know, maybe something has happened. We don't need to bring him up because Dennis talked about, you know, he's going to play if we think he's ready to play, if he's mm-hmm. ready to come back. They kind of agreed that he would take that last game off. Yeah. It's okay they took it off. They won the game. It's all that mattered in the end. Uh, but Aiden Shaw got back in the rotation a little bit. Mysteriously, you know, really, I don't even think he played against Mississippi State. Well, yeah, it's not really a mystery. I mean, Dennis has said, like, he's still growing. He's not a great player yet. He needs to – he does need to bulk up. I agree with yeah. that 100%. Um, and I think that's something that's going to happen the longer he's here. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to be a little more – he's just a raw player right now. Like him and Modiara are just – you can tell there's a lot of potential to be unlocked, but they're raw players. That was his fourth career three-pointer that he made in that game. Mm-hmm. He's not shooting terribly, no. I don't think. From three? Yeah. Um, I think he's only attempted like maybe yeah, eight. Yeah, that's why – no, he's shot more than that. I think he's like four for 11, he's, if I had to guess. He's shooting 35. From deep? 36 from deep. That's pretty solid. Oh, he's five I for mean, 14. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. pretty good. I mean, obviously he hasn't taken a lot. I mean, he's still a player that just is a work in progress. He's a f- true freshman. Um, I will say, though, when he came off the bench, South Carolina was scoring like nobody's business. It felt like Mizzou's defense got better when he was on the court. Um, uh, I remember he had a couple nice rebounds there, um, hit the three, had a nice dunk. Um, he's not somebody that's going to pack the stat sheet right now, but it, he is a player that I think when he's on the floor, good things have happened. Um, there have been a few sequences where you can tell he's a freshman. He just kind of gets beat for a board that he should have had. And I do get like where Dennis, some of Dennis's critiques come in that aspect, but I don't agree with not playing him ever in mm. a game. I think there's a role for him on this team, and I think I think Dennis used him pretty well uh, against South Carolina. I wouldn't I wouldn't change other than getting Mosley in the game. I wouldn't change how Dennis really managed the game. The last thing I'll say before we go to break is I think Aiden Shaw like deserved a couple minutes against a team like. Mississippi State, where he can like you know just get in there and get some minutes against some of those bigger players. I, I just Mabor is not good defensively. Yeah, you know, he's not good. He's just a big body. They need someone to go in while they sat Mo for a few minutes, and they didn't want to get, get Noah Carter into more foul trouble and keep him out there. Mm-hmm. He already said he didn't want Kobe on some of those guys in the paint. I just think that there should have been like some Aiden Shaw time there for a few minutes. I was very shocked they didn't try Aiden Shaw and Tolu Smith mm-hmm. once. Would it have worked? Probably just not. Need some fouls. Like, no, I think he but could like even, yeah. I get like I don't see why Mabor, what Mabor, what what tipped Dennis off to maybe Mabor can give us a more valuable few minutes than Aiden Shaw. He's taller. 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But like <laughs> Aiden Shaw, I mean, there is an offensive ceiling that's evident. Where is it with Mabor Mayak? Yeah. Let's be for real. All right, well, that's going to wrap things up right now for some Mizzou basketball from this past week. If we have some time later, we'll jump into the Tennessee game, uh, talk about that and possibly what Mizzou could show. Uh, it's currently 316 here in Columbia, Missouri. We'll be back with quick hits on the other side. Lay. Sir. Yeah. It's the better version of Float On. I messed with uh, Peyton there. I told him Float On was coming in, but it wasn't. Uh, welcome back to The Underwritten Rule here on KCOU 80.1 FM. It's me and Peyton Haverman. Jack Knowlton is in the car. Uh, I guess we have a guest. And we have a surprise guest. And there he goes. Next week, yeah. Our guest next week just walked in. Yep. And he's out of here. There's a teaser. There's a teaser. You, you can don't smell know his is. cologne. Yep. Uh, but welcome back to The Underwritten Rule. Uh, it's 319 here in Columbia, Missouri. Peyton Haverman, uh, duo show today. No Jack Nolan mm-hmm. on his way to Tennessee. Uh, we're going to do some quick hits right Before now. Before we go into quick hits, Kenny. What, the phone, the number? phone number. The phone the number. text line. The, oh, my goodness. This <laughs> the text line. 573 557. Did you tweet it? I tweeted it twice. 573. You, 557. You, 553. Tweet it. I tweeted it. Did you? Okay. 573-557-5134. That is a text line. Send As us I anything. Try. Make fun of Jack. Do not blow up the mic we this time. We won't defend him. Uh, jerseys we of the week. He's not here. Uh, my jersey of the week. I had to go with a good one. Uh, mm-hmm. Former Astro, Astros legend, former Cub, Cubs legend, Brooks Raley, who is now yep. a New York Met. Payton didn't know this. He is on the Team USA roster for the World Baseball Classic. I'm tweeting the, I just tweeted the jerseys. Um, go in and check those out. Uh, Payton, what is yours? Unwritten. Uh, yeah, mine is the Andy Reid punt pass kick Rams jersey, a classic. Um, the first like eight years, Andy Reid was a. Chiefs head coach, every time he was on Sunday Night Football, they'd play the clip of a famously, hilariously tall and larger Andy Reid in the punt pass kick competition in, like, 1970, where he was wearing uh, Rams gear. Um, it's a classic clip. Go look it up. Andy Reid punt pass kick. It's a good It's a good time. Good yeah, for a laugh. It's pretty classic. Like, you told me about it, and then I remembered, like, it's him because it's a massive guy compared to the one that's also in the photo. Mm-hmm. And you, He's you, you unbelievably huge. It. They bring it up, yeah. and people post it all the time. Um, Jack's not here, but Jack's jersey of the week is a Katie, Kevin Durant's son. Oh, Kevin also, Durant. it's the Andy Reid Bowl this weekend. Oh, it is that's, Andy Reid Bowl. Uh, yeah. That's another reason why you did it. Yeah. Um, this week, uh, Jack's not here, so I chose his jersey for him. Uh, it's a Kevin Durant jersey. But mm-hmm. instead, it's Dragon Bender, right? Dragon Bender. Dragon yeah. Bender, who used to play for the Suns, and he wore 35. Katie hasn't worn 35 since he was in Golden State. No. Um, in Oakland, actually. Uh, but this guy wrote before the season, Hailstorm Sports on Twitter. He wrote K-E in front of the Bender and then A-N-T at the end on his jersey, calling so for Kevin Durant. Kevin Dur- Durant. Durant. Kevin Pretty Dragon. Bur- no, it's Bur- Bender. Oh, Kevin. So it's Kevin. Oh, I didn't Durant. realize that. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah he, uh, he tweeted. I just tweeted the photo out, and uh, that's Jack's of the week. Yeah, uh, congrats, Jack. Nope. Uh, I can actually check now because I'm sitting in Jack's chair. If you're actually on your computer or not, so I need you to get off the dock. I'm off you're the off. Dock. I can see it. Um, this week, I decided to skip Tennessee. I, um, we can talk about it later. I don't know if Mizzou stands really a chance against. They don't. A very angry Volunteers team. Uh, so I decided to jump forward. We're doing spelling bee Auburn basketball. 
Oh, good. And Knowlton's not here. Knowlton's so not here. I'll so be you taking might, all you of might it. Win. Yep. Um, <laughs> the the first name, Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams. J A E. Nope. I'll give, you two, I'll give you two tries because J A Y L I N. Correct. Williams. W I L L I M I A M S. Correct. Peyton is one for one. I knew he had that weird Jalen spelling. Uh, next name, Johnny Broom. Johnny Broom. J A J O H N N Y. Nope. J O N N Y. No, wait. No. J O H N Y. No. Okay, so okay. Johnny is J O H N I. You want to you attempt Broom? Oh my God. Broom. B R O O M E. Correct. Yeah. Uh, the third name from Auburn Johnny basketball for the spelling I. bee of this week is Zep Jasper. Zep Jasper, uh, Z E P, correct. J A S P E R, correct. Yep. Two for three. Peyton's going for. He's going to try bat seven fifty today on the spelling bee. Leor Berman. Oh boy, uh, Leor Berman. L E O R. Nope. Oh man. So L A. No. Wow. What is this guy's name? L I O R. Okay. Berman. Dude. Spelled the same way as our friend Zach Berman, who's been on the show B-E-R-M-A-N. a couple times. B e r m a n. That yeah. was not the hard one, but no. unfortunately, spells Lior like that. So. You went, you went five hundred. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, it's not bad. That's probably the fastest spelling we've ever done because Jack's not here. Because mm-hmm. Jack will take some time and look over at like, you and like, like it might get in this one. Right? Like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I can't see. But uh, uh, moving on. Best piece of the week. I abandoned college basketball. I'm taking Rockets plus twelve against the Heat. The Rockets are 22-30-2 against the spread this season, and the Heat are like 20-34-2. So it's a pretty good bet that the Rockets are going to cover the 12 points here. Betting on the Rockets is something insane people do, but I've never accused you of being right of mind, Kenny. So, you know what? No one ever has. Yeah. I, I, I hope this hits for you. Jack is mad we're making fun of his spelling ability. Uh, hey, Jack, if you were a better speller, we wouldn't make fun of your spelling ability. Um, <laughs> moving on, my best beat of the week. My God, this mic. I might switch mics. Um, my best beat of the week. Uh, this is the second week in a row I've bet on a Fairfield game. It's the second week in a row I'm betting against Fairfield. Ryder comes in as winners of their last five at least. That's only what ESPN showed me. They could have won their last... 13 for all I know. They're 13-11 <laughs> this year. Um, regardless, they're hot. Uh, they just beat Fairfield three games ago. Uh, that kicked off a three-game losing streak for the Fairfield Stags. Um, Ryder, minus four and a half here. I'm riding with it. I'm riding, riding with the Bronx. The Ryder Bronx. Uh, yeah, I like this bet. Ryder is probably better in Ken Palm and Torvik, which is all the nerdy stuff I need to know. Uh, yeah, give me Ryder minus four and a half against Fairfield. I, I'm 1-0 when betting on Fairfield. He wanted to year. choose against him. I hope the listeners know that. He yep. was asking me if you should switch, and I said, no, you got to ride with him. Uh, Jack's, Jack's best beat of the week is that he took Cleveland State, former home of Dennis Gates, six and a half against Robert Morris in men's basketball. He hopes this win, you know, they're going to they're gonna will their, their inner Dennis Gates. I don't know. Jack's not very good at texting. <laughs> I was trying to read what he said. Um, Will their inner Dennis Gates? I was going to say, this is the fighting Dennis Gates against. Uh, yeah. 
Robert Morris. Mm-hmm. The fighting uh, Leonard Hamilton protégés. Exactly. Uh, Dirty Birds of the Week. Uh, I'm going to start it off. The St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, this was a pretty tough one. A little weird. They uh, tweeted, Funny. happy birthday, uh, James Naley. James Naley, right? Yep. He's James a reliever. Reliever, former reliever for the Cardinals now. Uh, happy 30th birthday. Uh, five hours later, they tweeted, "We uh, the St. Louis Cardinals have acquired... Anthony Michuit. Michuit. I... I used Michuich. to know, I knew how to pronounce this at one point. From Kansas City in exchange for cash considerations to make room on the 40-man roster, James Naley has been designated for assignment. Yep. He was unemployed on his birthday. That and they is... were back-to-back tweets, like back-to-back yep. tweets for that day from the Cardinals. And... Cardinals probably should have found a way to space that out. Yeah. But Give him a break. It was his birthday. He yeah. turned 30. Happy birthday. He's probably still going to be in their org. Um, yeah, and might not get claimed at this point in the uh, yeah. offseason. But... I, don't, I don't think anybody does. Uh, okay, Knowlton is requesting uh, that we say the do the bird noise after his beat. Okay. Um, okay, my dirty bird of the week, Stefan Diggs. You got to bear with me here. Stefan Diggs, this past week at the Pro Bowl, had a naughty photo of him just kneeling next to the cheerleaders. And he also threw an interception. Why is Stefan Diggs a dirty bird, you may ask? He went to college at Maryland. He played for the Terrapins. He played for the Vikings, and now he plays for the Bills. Where's the bird? Let's take a trip to Our Lady of Good Counsel High School in Maryland. The Our Lady of Good Counsel High School, all, they have a, okay, their song is just straight called Alma Mater. That's pretty terrible. Um, they are blue and gold. They are located in Olney, Maryland. And their 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 uh their mascot Kenny, a falcon, blue and gold. Ah, uh-huh. Stefan Diggs, you are my dirty bird of the week. I tweeted the video of him, what he did. He was putting on a mask. He was standing behind the cheerleaders, but like he was on his knees, and it was just a little weird. A little weird, Stefan. Yeah. Go go to the Cowboys already. Uh, Jack's dirty bird of the week. He sent me a long paragraph about it. Manchester United, who were recently accused of breaching over 100 financial rules with the English Premier League, and face the possibility of having points taken away or getting kicked out of their league. Their logo used to be a bird, so that's how it's bird-related. Uh, LOL. Lol. Ah! Uh, Man City. That is my favorite Kendrick Lamar song. Man City. Ah! Uh, moving on. What'd you learn this week, Peyton? Uh Best thing I learned this week. Kenny, you just got degraded. Um, the Mizzou basketball team... They saw all the memes. This is a pretty good thing for Mizzou. They've got the Mizzou Meme Association now. There's a group chat and everything on Twitter. Um, the second Mizzou beats a team, they swarm. It was Man City, not United. Did I say United? I, I said City, for sure. Again, I might have said United. It's Man City, not United. Yeah, for but Bird. regardless, moving on. Um, best thing I learned this week, uh, yeah, Mizzou... The, t- the players saw all the memes. They got a good laugh out of them. Um, it's pretty neat that the basketball players have a personality and they kind of let it show. Didn't really get that under Conzo. It's not Conzo's fault, I don't think. It's just kind of a dreary atmosphere last year in general. Uh, best one I the best part of that video is Ronnie DeGray just looking at the camera and in his Ronnie DeGray voice went, "You just got degraded," and then they flashed the <laughs> meme. We love Ronnie DeGray on the show. Uh, So, yeah, that was pretty neat. I loved that video. Uh, 
Love love how much fun this team has been. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, you look at this team compared to last year and, you know, you just brought it up about Conzo. There was no, like, family kind of tie to it. It, it really, really didn't feel like it. Like it. And this team, no. it feels like these guys have been friends for years. Mm-hmm. They've known each other for a couple months. And maybe that's because, like, we get the Sternberg scoop. We get kind of a behind-the-scenes look. I don't know. Every player is just more active on social media. Uh, they all are laughing and joking. It just seems like a tight-knit group. I, I, I love watching this team just for so many reasons, and that certainly is one of them. And speaking of that tight-knit group, Nick Honor, who was a point guard transfer from Clemson. And boyfriend of Margot Robbie. And boyfriend of Margot Robbie. That was breaking news a couple weeks yep. ago from Dave Matter. Um, he is nicknamed Cheese. It's a good nickname. I like the nickname Cheese. He is the most memeable player on the team. Yeah. He kind of looks cheese like works. a cheese. Yeah. Looks like a bulldog. Mm-hmm. bulldog he looks like bean. a bulldog. Uh, he's short. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, cheese is a pretty good one. All right, Jack had to ruin it. He went off track here, but his best thing you learned this week is that Jared Allen, former Rockets center uh, for two days, maybe not even two days, might have been like a couple hours, is a pro curler. I did not know that. Yeah, shout out to Kara Brown of the Gold Standard who let him know about that. I ran her promo uh, last break. Um, she talks everything Olympics, winter, and sp- summer. So There was also check her a Chiefs-Bills playoff game last weekend. According to her promo, but oh really? Yeah, it no, says it's the old the promo. one. Um, but no, it wasn't. I don't think it's your fault. Uh, but yeah, um, that's great, Knowlton. Yeah, great, I don't watch curling, that, but thanks for uh, contributing. Ratio of the week and it's freedom, all caps, thirty-eight hundred, thirty-eight thousand points, three hundred eighty-eight po- points, zero morals, zero values, zero principles, zero empathy. One bow down to China. Congratulations, King James. He tweeted this at 11 p.m. on the dot. You don't see that much. He tweeted this on the day Man. that... We don't even talk about this, but LeBron broke the record for the most points in a career in the yep. NBA. Uh, he was getting ratio there for a while. Then the the true... Uh, I think the whole country of China must have liked this tweet and just went crazy with it just so it didn't get ratioed. We got 32,000 likes, 9,193... Or 9,139 quote tweets, 5,477 retweets. I just had to throw it on there. Ennis Freedom feels like a caricature. Like, he is just unbelievable. Um, it really, like, ever since he's been out of the league, he's just gone off the deep end. CTE? Um, I don't know about that. But uh, moving on, uh, bonus ratio, uh, South Carolina men's basketball. Final tonight for Mizzou Arena. South Carolina 74, Mizzou 83 has... 1,260 replies, 20 retweets, 17 quote tweets, 210 likes, 120,000 views. Uh, Mizzou Meme Association went absolutely wild with this one. I mean, you can go through this for hours, and uh, yeah. We don't really talk about this, how much Mizzou just absolutely owns South Carolina in our time here. Like I mean, literally in, everything. Yeah, in Maybe just not baseball, we everything. Not about baseball, but... Well, Brant Belk, remember, transferred there, like taunted Mizzou and then lost. Yeah. So that's an own in my book. Well, that's going to do it for quick hits this week. Um, it's currently 3.33 Central Time. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to be joined by Paul Gallant of ESPN 97.5 in Houston. Talk about some talk about D'Amico Ryan's new head coach of my Houston Texans. And we're going to jump into some, uh, I guess, some bets for the Super Bowl. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to KCOU The Learning Rule. It's Kenny Van Doren, brought to you by KCOU. Got no sponsorship yet, do we, Peyton? Um, nope, we never but Peyton's will. in here, too. Unsullied by corporate sponsorship since 2020, as Kevin Harlan likes to say. <laughs> yeah. Or not Kevin Harlan, sorry. Uh, Ernie Johnson. Ernie Johnson. Yeah. Looks similar, don't they? Um, but yeah, really. we're, we're back here. Uh, we got Paul Gallant of ESPN 97.5 <laughs> in Houston. Uh, just the Gal- Paul Gallant show now. But, uh, Paul, you there? Yeah, what's up, guys? What's up, Paul? It's uh, good to talk to you again. Uh, you're, you know, you're living in Houston these days, you know, talking about the Texans, the Astros, a little bit about the Rockets. Probably you don't want to as much, but um, can you t- talk to us a little bit about D'Amico. Yeah, you mentioned there's a lot of things that we don't want to talk about here. Like the Rockets are just absolutely embarrassing and depressing. And for the most part, the Houston Texans have been that over the last couple of years. So it's great that they finally did something that makes everyone excited. Who actually knows if D'Amico Ryans is going to be a good head coach? But we did just see him yesterday win the uh, assistant coach of the year in the NFL. So that's exciting. And now it's about, hey, what's he going to do to fill out the coaching staff? So they hired a defensive coordinator coordinator Matt Burke who was recently the Cardinals defensive line coach and it sounds like today they might be talking to Cliff Kingsbury about being their next offensive coordinator personally I'm kind of disappointed that Cliff Kingsbury's one-way ticket to Thailand was basically only one month long but hey that's a guy that clearly has some qualifications in his past as a assistant coach at the University University of Houston as an assistant coach at Texas A&M with Case Keenum and Johnny Manziel, respectively. We'll see if uh, after a 10-year stint as a head coach, both with Texas Tech and with the Cardinals, should the Texans hire him to be their offensive coordinator if he's got any of the magic he was able to get with those guys back in the day. You kind of look at you know where, where this offense is going. I know they they got a defensive-minded head coach now, a guy who's one of the best defensive coordinators this past year. You think Cliff Kingsbury could really like turn around, you know, maybe Davis Mills' career if they don't go with a quarterback? Because I've seen some of these mock drafts, I, and they're not even going quarterback in the first pick, second pick. Yeah, look, I I, I would be surprised if they don't go with the quarterback with that first pick. Now, it, it, I I don't think they're going to trade up into that first spot with the Chicago bears after the way things ended this past season, I feel like they're probably going to sit on their hands and we'll see if one of the quarterbacks is available. If Bryce young goes first overall, maybe they do like CJ Stroud. There is zero chance that Davis mills is somebody that they are going to really look at and say, yeah, he's the future. He is a stopgap at best at this point in time. There is no saving him. And I think that we all need to turn the page from that guy. Uh, Paul, I just going back to that OC situation. I know the Texans. They also interviewed uh, Bobby Slowick from the pass game coordinator from the 49ers. Mm. Um, they've the report came out about Cliff Kingsbury today. Who would you really think like if the Texans do go QB? Who is the offensive coordinator you think is probably the best fit in Houston? Well, it's it's a great question. I think you want somebody that has a degree of familiarity with D'Amico Ryan. So I'm cool with the idea of Ben Slowick. But at the same time, I also want somebody who has worked with young quarterbacks before and who's been hands-on with them. And look, I think when it 
comes to these assistant coaches, it's really about how they will work with the head coach just as much as it how it's how they'll work with the players. It's the guy who's been a head coach for the last 10 years. Is he going to take orders from D'Amico Ryans, who seems like he's someone who's open to adding coaches with a lot of different degrees of experience to the staff? But do you want someone who's just been a head coach? Do you want somebody who maybe seemed like he wanted to take a break? Uh, those are questions I can't really answer to answer your question about the coordinator. I want, I've gotten to a point now where it's so hard to predict what, who is a good coordinator and what, but mm-hmm. Kingsbury is somebody that today excites me. And I would definitely be game for him, not just for the fact that he's got experience coaching um, young quarterbacks, but also because it would be hilarious to have Cliff Kingsbury in town. So that way I can just talk about how he looks like Ryan Gosling, how he sounds like Vin Diesel, uh, all those things. And you don't have to talk highly about him because you're not in 610 anymore, right? Uh, listen, it wasn't that much at the Texans flagship 610 in Houston. It wasn't that much of a, hey, we got to be sunshine and praising that team all the time. And I'm such a negative Debbie Downer. I, I, that might have done me in over there, but uh, nah, nah. We'll, we'll be honest. We'll be objective. And look, I'm willing to be open-minded for a change with this team after what's been just the worst really like the worst possible last three years. I mean, from like a psycho head coach to a quarterback that uh, brings his own towels to massages and we'll just leave it at that. It's been an absolute disaster here. So just give me something that's not boring, like David Cully and Lovey Smith. I just want to have some fun. Um, last thing before we get into like these Super Bowl picks here, uh, any thoughts or predictions for the new uniforms? Okay, here's what I know. And uh, I can't go much further than this, but um, there's an old color that uh, another team in town used to have. And I don't know that that's going to be the primary color, but I imagine that that's a color you could be seeing in the next couple of years. Would this color perhaps be a lighter version of the sky? Like a light light blue, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I can't confirm, but, you know... It could be. Mm. Who knows? This might bring my dad back. He hasn't <laughs> been the same since Oilers left. Hey, 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 hey. We don't know what oh, team. Oh, sorry. The, we don't uh, know what team. Well, uh, the the Roughnecks. The Roughnecks. The, the rough- Renegades. Yeah. yeah. The Renegades. There's, there's lots of shades of colors in the sky. Sometimes the sky's gray. Like, Sometimes yeah, it's that orange. Might be, that orange? might be where they're going. Yeah. Tequila, yeah. tequila sunset. Oh, whatever. tequila sunrise. <laughs> yeah, sunrise. Oh, they're going orange. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Paul, so here's the game. Uh, each week, we got to pick against the spread in the playoffs. Unfortunately, I'm, you know, I'm... You already lost. I'm already, lo- I already lost. So we're trying to climb our way back into this, maybe tie it or just lose anyways. Uh, I lost the last two weeks, so it's you and me. We got p- to pick against uh, Peyton and Jack. Jack's not in today, but it's a one and a half spread in favor of the Eagles against the Chiefs. Where should we go with it? Well, I like Philly in this one, and I feel somewhat nervous picking Philly because it doesn't feel like they've been tested all that much this year. And the game in the NFC championship game, you know, they're going up against a San Francisco team that was essentially dead upon arrival after you saw uh, the injury to Brock Purdy on what the like, second offensive play of the game. Like, it's been, I think pretty difficult to determine who Philadelphia has played this year. Who's actually been good. I've never was into the New York giants. The first time that they played Dallas, um, Dallas, of course, was without Dak Prescott. The second time they played 
Dallas. They had Gardner Minshew under center. So this is something that at least is making me give the Eagles a, a bit of a raised eyebrow. But Patrick Mahomes is going to be facing an Eagles pass rush that just has name after name after name. Fletcher Cox is still there. Brandon Graham is still there. Hassan Reddick has a ton of sacks this season as a linebacker off the edge. Jordan Davis. And Dominican Sue is a backup on that Eagles defensive line. They have waves of defenders to throw after the Chiefs, who have a better offensive line than the last time they were in the Super Bowl where Mahomes was running for his life. All game from that perspective. Okay. Maybe Kansas city's in a little bit better shape, but I, I really just wonder about the completeness of Philadelphia offensive line, especially matching up against the chiefs defensive tackle, Chris Jones uh, defensive line um, for the Eagles against that chiefs offensive line. It's one in the trenches. And I, I think Philadelphia is a lot better there. I think they have a great secondary and I, I think from Kansas City's perspective, you have Patrick Mahomes, and sure you have Travis Kelsey, and you sure you have uh, Chris Jones. You might have the three best players in the actual game itself, but are those three players enough to beat a Philadelphia team that has just been incredibly built by Howie Roseman? I don't think it's enough to overcome how deep Philly is. Said it perfect, Paul. I, I think you hit on everything. The one thing I, I, I have the Eagles too, and I think we, we both agree with that. We don't have to argue about this one, but uh, it's the Andy Reid Bowl. You know, how much of an yeah. edge is Andy Reid going to, like, really want in this game? He's, you know, he wants to beat the Eagles. Mm-hmm. He's a team that gave up on him. He could retire on it, that, man. It's something that I hope he gets because as someone who has half of his family from Philadelphia, I felt like it, they took Andy Reid for granted. And, look, he didn't win a Super Bowl there, but he got him close. And he's the best coach in the franchise's history, even with Doug Peterson winning a Super Bowl. Now, what's interesting, you, you talk about Andy Reid wanting a little revenge. Well, Nick Sirianni might, might want a little revenge for Andy Reid canning him uh, in Kansas City. And Sirianni is now in Philadelphia. And he's he's an eccentric character. He's got a bit of a personality. He sure likes to pander. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious about him in this situation. Look, he, he deserved some conversation about being coach of the year, too. This Philadelphia team all year, I mean, they've been bludgeoning people down the stretch and really until the Gardner Minshew's injury is it didn't really look like a team that had many weaknesses at all. Um, Reed clearly has the edge, but anyone who knows Andy Reed, and, and I'm sure you guys do being in Missouri, it's, it's a guy who, from a clock management perspective, is one of the worst. It always yeah. has been. I, I mean, I was at Super Bowl 39 as a fan, and I, I remember that slow drive with Donovan McNabb allegedly puking in it where like they just seem to forget that, yeah, uh, this, this game's going to end soon, guys. Let's do something. So I, I Andy Reid, I think, definitely has the edge as far as coaching, but – yeah, is it is it a significant edge over a team with this much talent? I I don't know that I can say that, but it is an edge. Two things about Nick Sirianni before we let you and Peyton and Peyton and Jack kind of take over on their side is that I know there's there's kind of like a, a thought out there that he kind of coasted through this season. You talked about how loaded this team was, and you know maybe like opposing any, players said it. Yeah, and they were like you know if anyone could have coached this team, like this team is you know stacked, it's deep. Uh, another thing that I really liked about him is that someone asked him there's you know, everyone asked those dumb questions the super bowl who on your team would you not let your daughter date and he said my <laughs> daughter's five, five years, years old. old and that's what ended <laughs> I, I, I can see that that's the kind of like you know way that he treats everything so mm-hmm. 
He, he's very matter of fact with some things, but in uh, others too. I mean, he, this is a guy that in press conferences has gone out of his way to mention like comments made by radio hosts at the flagship station uh, yeah. of the Eagles, WIP. So he, he's he's something else. Um, I mean, that honestly, I don't blame him for that answer yeah. <laughs> too. So, um, I. He is he is fascinating to me. I I don't know whether or not to think he's he's a great coach, but he's been aggressive, and I think that's something that teams need to do more of. Uh, I I feel like if you know were to compare people that have been hyped up probably undeservedly over the course of the past calendar year or last couple of seasons, like he is what Brandon Staley should be. Brandon Staley with the Los Angeles Chargers, who still has a job probably because the Chargers are a cheap-ass organization. Um, <laughs> this is one of those things that um, I guess we'll figure out in the Super Bowl, but um, this is his first opportunity, and he deserves a lot of credit for what he's done the first couple of years. He's come a long way since that disastrous introductory press conference where he couldn't stop saying system and seemed to have a bit of a brain fart mm-hmm. for trying to remember what he thought he was going to say <laughs> going into it. Oh, uh, yeah. Jack and I, we're going Chiefs. Uh, I I do agree. I think that the Eagles are the better team. Um, and I do I do think Nick Sirianni, I don't think just anybody could have coached this. I do agree that Nick Sirianni did a fantastic job with this team. He's done a fantastic job with Jalen Hurts in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think... If you have Patrick Mahomes, you should probably be the favorite in the game. And that is just how I'm going to fly with this. Hey, I I don't blame you. It's a cheat Mm. code. I mean, he is incredible to watch. And, I mean, I I won't go so far as to say that he is going to be the GOAT, uh, unlike my lord and savior, Tom Brady. But, (laughs) but, I mean, he's got everything you want in a quarterback. And I I don't think there's been a guy who plays the game as far as his ability to to extend plays his ability to improvise his ability to make just some of the craziest looking throws you'll ever see like we've gotten to a point with him where he's underappreciated which is absolutely absurd he's thrown for like 50 touchdowns a season and we're like eh. yeah. oh, like, okay i mean it's crazy with him I, I was talking about that today earlier on the radio show he is the great equalizer he has thrown some incredible games this season and it does seem like he's going to be a little bit healthier than what he was in that game against Jacksonville where he injured his ankle. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Kansas City's got to feel pretty confident here. They've been here a couple of times. And, you know, something you got to remember, while there are a couple of holdover Philadelphia Eagles from that Super Bowl victory over the New England Patriots, that was five to six years ago. And now for Kansas City, a lot of the guys who are on this team, they have been there before. They have been in this spot. This is a game that creates jitters players will tell you unlike any game you're running on straight adrenaline for like the first 10 to 15 minutes and you could easily see Philadelphia even with the superior talent maybe screwing up in those first couple of minutes so I I know I sound like I'm hedging here but I do think it's going to be a good game and and Kansas City does at the very least have experience in this big game moment and it it really is a game unlike any other in the NFL you know you have a 30-minute halftime you have all this build up to what could basically make your career and you got 60 minutes to get it done. Um, those first 10 to 15 are always pretty interesting. So 
to have Patrick Mahomes under center for that spot, that part of the game, you got to be be feeling pretty good seeing that this is his third Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you said everything you so well about like how complete these teams are, how good this game can be, and you know I think it's better than seeing like a team like the 49ers led by Brock Purdy, guy who kind of looks yeah. like someone not well liked in the Wisconsin area. Um, oh my god! And th- you know things aren't you know he's not. I just he's not Tom Brady. He's not going to be no, Tom he's Brady. Not, no. He's possibly going to miss the whole year if he needs Tommy John surgery. This guy's not a future of a team. Would have been cool if he was somewhat of like a future Tom Brady, but I think it's good for how complete these teams are. It's the two best teams. Yeah, two best teams, and that's what people want. That's what ratings want. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's where we're going to get weird, Paul. Uh, Okay, let's do it. I told you we're putting fake money down on some really weird bets. We need a roll right here. What color will the Gatorade be? And I've got some ideas because there's some new Gatorade out there. I know you're on the older side, so you might not be drinking Gatorade as much. As you <laughs> oh, used to. you hater! <laughs> and so there's some new Gatorade out there. It's called Gatorade Fast, and it's orange. And I think we should roll with orange. I think they're gonna they're gonna promote Gatorade Fast. Huh? Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the the Gatorade colors. You're you know you really have no idea what's throwing a dart. Down yeah. Yeah. Oh, but you know what? I I like that salesmanship. It's a new version of orange. Orange has always been orange. It's just orange. But okay, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> the nude orange. The I, I, I like it. I'm Game behind you. Fast. Let's go. That is a good methodology. Uh, I just picked the classic uh, clean blue. I, I, it's, it's blue. I can't remember the last time I saw red. I think it was blue the last time the Eagles won. I want to say the Patriots blue. lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm gonna say blue. Blue on this one. I kind of like yellow too, but. I'm going to go blue. Um, coin toss. Paul, I, I got to let you know, the la- it's tied 50, 28 and 28 in heads and tails in Super Bowl history on the coin toss. Where are we going here? Why do they always say tails never fails then? I agree. You yell tails never fails and then you choose heads. You trick them. <laughs> That's what I've always done in Madden. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go heads. I, I, I want to pick the president, not some... <laughs> eagle or whatever the hell it's on the back of the coin this is the one spot where nolton and i differ i am a heads truther but he's a tails never fails so we are going to do a coin toss on air to see what we're going to pick for the coin toss siri heads or tails oh boy this anticipation and it looks like we're going with heads haha yes we can't lose this one nolton we got two more before we got to get out of here uh, national anthem is over under at two minutes right now. Uh, it's Chris Stapleton on the mic. Tennessee whiskey is a really slow song. That's the only song I know by Chris Stapleton. I couldn't tell uh, you one. <laughs> Paul, do you think we're going to go over or under on two minutes? I'm going to guess over. I feel like the, yeah, it's going to be probably slow paced based off of my limited knowledge of Chris Stapleton. Uh, generally, country music you know slows it down a little bit. Uh, I, I do wish it was Fergie so we could just get an absolute train wreck of a national anthem, but perhaps <laughs> that's unpatriotic. I am going to go under here because I don't know. I just I'm <laughs> go under. Um, last one. This was kind of a fun one because it can go both on offense and defense, but it's the holding calls in the game. It's set at seven. Wait, it can be defensive too? It can be defensive holding as well on this. So it can be... Offensive and defensive, it's set at seven on the over under. Where are we going, Paul? Well, if I'm not mistaken, 
all playoff long, the ref crews have generally been refs that over the course of the regular season did not call penalties. I doubt that the Super Bowl will be very penalty heavy. So I'm going to go under. Okay, yeah, yeah that's all. I was rolling with under too on that one. Yeah, and I'm feeling under as well. I like the the shout about the, the refing in the playoffs, but also you don't see many defensive holding, maybe once or twice a game. You might just yeah. see a PI instead. It doesn't count in PI. It just counts mm-hmm. in defensive holding. So I think we're good on that end. Uh, so we could win this, Paul. Paul, you could get me okay. back to the win call. Okay, good. I can good. win. Uh, the last week of the regular <laughs> season, I chose opposite of Peyton every single game and still lost. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, no. would have had to go, I would have had to go 0-16. And I had to go 16-0, and, and it didn't work out. Um, but that's it, Paul. Thanks for chatting with us. You can check out Paul Gallant if you're in Houston. Or you actually have a podcast too, right, Paul? I do, yeah. If you want to hear me cuss, the <laughs> Galant Says Podcast. There you go. Yeah, we uh, we tagged Paul on the Twitter. Uh, you can check him out there. Check him out on ESPN 97.5 in Houston, 10 to 12, Monday through Friday. Uh, you're listening to the Under and Roll here on KCU 80.1 FM. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, enjoy everything else. Uh, we're going to see you next week.